Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Boyos Discuss, the podcast where we pick a topic and then shoot the shit about it for a while. This week, we're continuing our month of horror movie reviews with another classic, John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween, as opposed to Halloween 2007 or Halloween 2018. Things get a little convoluted. I'm Matthew, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nova. Hello. Ben. Yo. And other Ben. Howdy, everybody. So before we get into the synopsis, I figure I'd go through my usual spiel that I do with basic facts about the movie. It came out in 1978 and was directed by John Carpenter, of course, who also did the iconic music for the movie. And by music, we really just mean like two songs. Yeah. (laughs) They get mileage out of those songs. Oh, they mix them up a little bit. (laughs) It's funky. And as is custom with a lot of these older movies, we don't have like an exact budget. It's just like sort of a ballpark. It's somewhere between 300000 and 325000 And adjusted for inflation, that's between $1.2 million and $1.3 million. And it made a whopping 60 to $70 million at the box office at the time. And adjusted for inflation, that's between $245 million and $285 million. So it made at least twice as much as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So um, some other, I guess, additional facts. Uh, Carpenter was chosen for the film after an independent film producer named Erwin Yablons and financier Mustafa Akkad saw Carpenter's film Assault on Precinct 13 at the Milan Film Festival, and Carpenter agreed to direct this movie on the condition that he had full creative control over it. And they paid him a whole $10,000 to write it, along with his girlfriend at the time, direct it, and score it. Yeah, which is just nuts with how much fucking money they yeah, made. Yeah, you said write it, and I was like, okay. And then you said the other things. Oh, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, usually when you hear like a director having that much control, it's like, oh no, they're going to go full auteur, and they're going to sink it under their own genius. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so originally they wanted to call it The Babysitter Murders, but then Yablon suggested that it take place during Halloween night instead, and they were like, shit, no one's ever named a movie just Halloween, so let's do that. And so they did. Um... So then, uh, let's see, after that, had any of y'all seen this, like, prior to watching this? Yes. Yes. Yep. So when... I think we all watched it together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the 2008 remake came out, I was getting really into horror movies at the time, so I was super jazzed about it, and then um, I wanted to see that movie, so beforehand, since it's a direct sequel, I wanted to see the original one from 1978, and I remember you guys saying, like, you're a hack. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Slashers aren't black and white silent films about the glory days of Hollywood. How could it even be art? Mm-hmm. So, and then we watched it, and we were enjoying it, and then we saw the 2018 one, and we enjoyed it for much different reasons. Yeah. So, good. like, I remember we had watched this together, but as I was like, it didn't come back to me that that had been a thing I did until later because I was combining <laughs> this movie in my head with Friday the 13th. Like, there were things that I thought had happened in one of those. Like, I was like, oh yeah, the psychiatrist character, that was a thing in Friday the 13th. And maybe that is in one of the sequels. But, like, I don't know. I Just that entire thing, I sort of had forgotten. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's and not... So, oh, you go. That's it's not like, crazy because we'll probably talk about this more next week, but the direction for Friday the 13th was make a Halloween ripoff. Like, really? That was from the ground up what they were trying to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it makes money. You said it was like, what, $300,000 to make in 1978? Uh, yeah. What the fuck part of that movie cost that much? 
they had to pay off shares for all the dead people. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, like there was no Jamie Lee Curtis was not a big name. I don't think any of them. Were. No, one it was, was the yeah. leaves. Uh, I mean, like maybe Donald Pleasance, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. By maybe. then, he would have he would have been Blofeld already, right? Uh, so he was a big ish name. Yes. Yes. I mean, he's a big character actor name, but that's not like throwing Tom Cruise into your movie. But they didn't like break much. There wasn't intricate scenes. Yeah. Was, yeah. I don't know what would have cost that much money. It's a lot of looking. It's <laughs> a lot of looking. <laughs> they paid the actor who played Michael Myers twenty five dollars a day. So. Oh my god. Divide three hundred thousand by that, and then boom. Presumably, they took that long. They to gave shoot. John Carpenter ten grand. See, back then <laughs> they could just get twenty five dollars a day. Back then, they probably months. fucked them with the contracts too. They were like, "You don't get any percentage of it. You're just on your own." Like, well, unless they just like marketed the absolute fuck out of this and spent two hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars <laughs> doing that. I don't know how this movie cost. In nineteen seventy eight, yeah, that happened. Just going door to door around. We're like Halloween. People are getting murdered. <laughs> See it. <laughs> I think I read in like the on the Wikipedia page they talked about that like they wanted just word of mouth to do the marketing for them so that's they really didn't. Idea. That's a bold move, but it but it did work. Okay. It worked, so. All right. All right. So I'm gonna kick things over to Ben so he can give us the synopsis and we'll sort of discuss as we go. All right. So the film opens in Haddonfield, Illinois, on Halloween night, 1963. And starts with this first-person shot following the outside of a house. And Haddonfield's like a typical white picket fence suburban area. And through this POV character, you see a teenage couple go upstairs and turn the lights off. And the character goes into the house, grabs a kitchen knife from the drawer, and goes upstairs. They see a teenage boy leaving and putting his shirt on. We're not really sure. Maybe he was just like, check out these abs, girl. Okay, gotta leave for Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> or I think the verbiage one of us used was he kazoozled too quickly. Mm. Which one of us was that? Uh, <laughs> Which someone, one of us was that? Ben? Someone dashing and charming. <laughs> uh, so after that, you see the POV character put on a Halloween clown mask. And he starts to stab the teenage girl to death. With her boobies out. Yes, yeah. the boobs Whoa! definitely yeah. were out. <laughs> she's sitting in her underwear, topless, brushing her hair. And at first she's like, Michael, like, stop. But then, you know, he's stabbing her. <laughs> he looks at his arm. Summer so tone changes. Yeah. Uh, you see, I guess so the audience knows that the character is stabbing her. It wasn't the best shot in the film, in my opinion. But after that, it goes down, and it's revealed to be six-year-old Michael Myers. And he's, they parents take his mask off, and he's holding the bloody knife, and he has this blank expression out, and they zoom out for, like, ten seconds. And nobody moves in the scene. Yeah. They're like, Michael, what's going on? And then his parents just, like, stare at him hunched over, and he sits there, and it just, like, slowly zooms out, but no one moves. It's weird. They're in shock, Ben. Mm, sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the big two more things of this was, one, the first-person perspective was been used before, but this is one of the first times it really was in a movie that blew up so it kind of hides who it is and then reveals the child we were watching one of our friends who hadn't seen the movie before and it actually surprised her yeah uh so one of the downsides to this being such an iconic movie is that through just like culture you know it's michael myers it's it's a halloween movie they're not going to introduce a rogue element into it so i feel like that probably would have been a lot more of a surprise in uh for, like, first-time viewers? Yeah, that's a good point. 
So 15 years later, we get introduced to Dr. Loomis. He's played by the actor's name? Donald Pleasance. And he, as we said earlier, was Blofeld and the original James Bond. And he only lived twice. Because there's been like, there's there's a lot of Blofelds. There's yeah. a different Blofeld in From Rush With Love, and there's a different Blofeld in yeah. Bad Bad And there's Christoph Waltz being uh, told they just cast to them Christoph Waltz. It's like casting James Bond differently, you know? It just, it's a thing. I, I know that. But then, uh, like, what's crazy about that, not to go on a tirade too much, right. is like, within Sean Connery's, uh, you know, like, Time is Bond, there's like four different Blofelds, mm-hmm. which, like, they've never done it that frequently. Like, yeah. there are different actors, but, like, that one in particular. Like, to they, me, personally, Donald Pleasance is by far the most, like, iconic Blofeld to yeah. me. Like, he's got everything. He's got the cat. He's got the scar. He's got the weird speech. He's bald. He lives... He, he's in Mount Fuji. And that's where his base <laughs> and is. And he has the, like, crazy, like, yeah, Dr. Evil setup. Thing. Yeah, with the yeah. monorail. And he's yeah. only lived twice, Mr. Bond. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I'm excited to see him in this movie every time. Because I'm like, ooh. Yeah. He's in <laughs> up until the sixth one. Where he died either, like, during production or they had to do reshoots. So he just like, I'm going to stop Michael. And he runs off here. And, ah! <laughs> and that's the canonical death of Dr. Loomis. You don't even get to see him die. Good for him. Oh my God. But then Paul Rudd beats Michael to death with a pipe. Neat. It's, it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Loomis is Michael's psychiatrist. And he's talking to a nurse as they're driving up to a sanitarium where he's held. Because Michael's going up for a court to decide if he's released or not. And already Loomis is dehumanizing Michael. He's referring to him as an it instead of a he. Uh, he's talking about what medication to give, and it's basically just going to stun Michael. He's going to be just barely standing up, and he wants that to happen. So he's just very afraid of him is what you get already. So as they're approaching the sanitarium, they start to see patients wandering outside. Loomis leaves the car to investigate, and Michael jumps onto the station wagon they're driving's roof and grabs the nurse's throat, and she freaks out and kind of gets away, and he breaks a window, and that gets her to flee. Michael's palm. I try to do... slaps it real hard. I try to do the math. It takes uh, 9,600 PSI to break a quarter inch of glass. (laughs) So I try to figure out what was in an average uh, human slap in joules or PSI, and I just got a bunch of fun Reddit posts telling me how many slaps it would take to cook a chicken? <laughs> what? It's not, not this important work I had to do. Unfortunately, my background is in liberal arts, so I was unable to math it out. Mm. Uh, also a surprise, because I'm pretty sure in future films, Michael can just, like, crush people's, like, skulls and throats. So the fact that he, like, grabs the nurse and she gets away. Yeah, I mean, he lifts a dude up one-handed. Well, he's he does do a lot of crazy shit, but he is much more mild in this one. Yeah. I didn't even know that was Michael, like, that was supposed to be Michael Myers on the van. I thought it was just, like, there's a bunch Me of inmates walking around. I didn't so even notice like the other, other inmates. I thought I thought it was really just crazy. Yeah. No. Yeah, thing. And the whole time this scene's going on, they're playing the, the Halloween theme. <laughs> and <laughs> and so like, you know it. Sometimes they it matches, like, when they're just driving down the road talking about Michael Myers, and like, ooh, yes. You know, it's a good setup. But when he's, like, slapping the window and choking her, it's still just, like, the little one piano. Like, it's like, okay, this is this music should probably be changing. Uh, it was way different yeah. than we, uh, we watched The Exorcist and, like, the very iconic music they use. Yeah, tubular bells. Yeah, they use it, like, when a woman's walking to her car. Yeah. And they're like, this is absolute gold. Reserved. It's, it'll make it sweeter. And this one, John Carpenter was like, 
I made treasure. We're going to use it. You paid me 10 grand. <laughs> Something between that would be good they movies. Need, they need the hydraulic lift. Mm. Oh, mm. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, so then we go to our protagonist, Lori Strode. She's a high schooler, and she's walking, and uh, I watched a couple of uh, like think piece videos on it, and one of them pointed out was like it's a very voyeuristic shot. Like It's just lingers on her walking and that's kind of what michael does throughout the film is he just stalks her so that was that was cool kind of got you in an uneasy mood she also talks to a small boy named tommy uh she's gonna be babysitting on halloween and as the first time i pointed out the leaves fun fact <laughs> the leaves. tell us about the leaves ben <laughs> that uh there's gonna be other small hints later that this was not in fact filmed in Illinois. <laughs> One is that if you look at all the trees, they're green, but there's fall leaves on the ground. And that was just like one or two trash bags of leaves that were painted brown that they had to reuse the entire movie. Because they only had three hundred thousand dollars. Uh, and twenty twenty one money. Yeah, but who no, wants no, no, to no, paint a bunch of leaves, Ben? I, no one wants I, that. I, Two bags is enough. Where's, I'm not seeing the budget for this movie yet. <laughs> they had to the pay Michael Myers $25 a day. Uh, so after that, she goes to drop off a key at the Myers house because her father's a, uh, a real estate agent. That's never brought up again. It's just a reason for her to go. And then when she does it, Tommy's like, oh, that house is haunted. And she's like, you silly boy, the boogeyman's not real. And she looks in the camera and winks. Mm. And, and then they show you Michael. Yeah, Michael emerged from the shadow. And then he sets off to kill Laurie Strode. And then depending on the timeline, it's either because she's his lost sister, and he just has a sense of completionism for the whole family. She's his lost sister, and he needs to fulfill the Curse of the Thorn, a Jewish ritual which will give him untold strength. <laughs> <laughs> or because he's evil incarnate, and everyone needs a professional goal to achieve. I, in this movie, it's weird that he's obsessed with her. Like, if I was watching this when it first came out, I'd be like, why? why what did she do? She was the first yeah. one who came to his house. He was like, ooh, person. That's I, it. I, I guess. I don't know. There's probably at least one he person. He doesn't have much to him. One person watching this, it was like, I bet it's the occult. And everyone's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Fast forward like 15, 20 years. He's like, ah, now who's dumb? You. So then we go back to the sanitarium and Dr. Loomis is criticizing the head doctor for his lack of concern. Like Michael's really dangerous and you guys let him go. Uh, they do a show or tell or no, they don't show it. It's a tell don't show, which I think works better for Michael's mystique like he just escapes it's not like the rob zombie one where he just breaks out of handcuffs using michael myers strength and then kills six cops with his hands with michael myers strength <laughs> but but that one was just gore the director's cut he gets out because they try and assault an inmate in his cell to show him it's it's dumb it's rob zombie just <laughs> likes grit <laughs> it's sorry. his thing anyways so after he talks to the head doctor, you see he's parked in a handicapped spot, so is he the true evil of this movie, <laughs> taking advantage of, the, of society? Well, we're not going to be able to deep dive like uh, Texas Chainsaw on the meat industry. There's not been that much writing on it. So then uh, they find an abandoned truck, and there's a patient gown, and they start looking around, and Loomis fails to notice that there's a murder mechanic stripped of an iconic boiler suit, in a nearby bush. 
building suspense. <laughs> so, like, why didn't he switch cars at this point? Because the yes, car is there. the shape. I mean, that's true. But like, <laughs> I mean, to think of an explanation, maybe the station wagon was automatic and the pickup truck was manual. Yeah, it's kind of weird okay. to be like, I don't want to okay. look like an inmate. Better wear this boiler suit driving around. And the service with the big seal on it. Yeah. Also, like, why not have Donald Pleasance discover the body? Like, what would that have changed? I don't know. I, 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 He's just a goofball in this. We'll get to stuff later yeah. on that he just is kind of like he a is. lovable idiot. Like, His I, name is Loomis. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would have, like, another direction it could have taken was, like, he finds the body, tells the, he goes to the sheriff anyway later, yeah. and goes like, hey, yo, body, this guy's serious. I'm serious. I'm not just this crazy motherfucker. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and you should actually listen to me. Like, it would give reason why the sheriff is and listening to him. That would have worked better. Right. Stop. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I forgot. Although, 78, they didn't know yet. John Carter <laughs> has made more money writing movies than you have. This is true. So far. Keep those hopes alive. <laughs> so, then it goes to Lori. She goes to school and does smart people things. Like, she answers a question about fate, which. I don't know if that's them going themes. I think it definitely oh, yeah. was that. <laughs> they they yes. did that the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, she's smart, and you see Michael looking at her through the window, and then she looks away and he disappears. He does that several times. And that's the first time we see Michael Myers and the iconic. Uh, for those who don't know, his mask is a William Shatner's mask from Star Trek that is stretched out and painted white in his boiler suit. And what do you guys think of that? I, I really do I like, like his look. look. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it, better there's than There's not Jason. much to him. Like, the hockey mask is good, but I like the... Like, Jason looks like a, a zombie, though, too. He is a zombie. I know, Technically, he's a revenant. Whatever! But... <laughs> I think it's way scarier just to have him as, like, a dude. Like, a crazy a crazy mental patient that just wants to kill people. And, like, I don't know. It's, not... I, it's simpler It than gives Jason, him, like, a blank... So I like it better. Michael Myers, it gives him, like, a blank slate. Like, yeah. there is nothing the audience can grab onto about him. Like yeah, it, and it with Lewis's like explanation, he it's just like, oh yeah, I guess he is just the fucking shape of well, evil. And yeah. he just is one, evil. One of y'all pointed this out when we were watching it, like, it taking place on Halloween is very much an excuse for like, oh yeah, that guy's in a weird outfit. It's right. like, whatever. So no, like one, no one calls any attention to it. There's a part where he's like walking across the street, like... And no one yeah, just you know, gives yeah. a everyone's, shit. Yeah. Everyone's just trick-or-treating. And that's... I mean, you talked about us liking the 2018. That was my favorite, by far, what I've always wanted from a Halloween movie. It's just like him out on Halloween and no one knows that he's a yeah. fucking murderer because it's Halloween. Like, that's what I always wanted. And it seems like a weird missed opportunity that they didn't do more with that. Like, Actually, she's running money, and they're like, who are you running from? Him in the mask. And it's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like they could have embraced Halloween more instead of just having jack-o'-lanterns in bedrooms. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe this weekend you'll get some more of that. Ooh. <laughs> Friday the 13th doesn't take place on Halloween. It takes place on Friday the 13th, which can't be the 31st, you goon. In the movie, then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if Blumhouse wants to pay us, but <laughs> Halloween Kills coming out for thrills this October Whoa, bitch. Whoa, did you have that prepared? <laughs> I am always prepared for a shameless Damn. plug. Please send us money or a cease and desist. Yeah. Just notice us. <laughs> so after that, Lori and her friend Linda 
come about her personality traits is she's a cheerleader because she says she's a cheerleader. <laughs> she says totally a lot because John Carpenter did not have a teenage girl on staff to help with his writing. And she just totally likes having the sex. Totally down for it. Wait, is, what, is Lori, or, or no, is Linda the one who's a big bitch? <laughs> they bitch both are. <laughs> no, okay. Well, there's the, the brunette is so much worse. She's oh. just... Yeah, but she has more screen time. The yeah. time. Like, had they had equivalent screen time. Also, okay, you're right. You're right. I, I don't have the name of the actress prepared, but Linda's in Carrie. She's the girl with the red hat who was like, yeah, be mean to that girl. And she took that energy and ran with it in Halloween. Yeah. So, but also another thing is these slight clues. This wasn't filmed in Illinois. There are lockers outside of the building in late fall. It's going to get pretty cold, and they're just telling the kids, warm up and be strong. <laughs> that was pure joy for me. <laughs> that's funny. Michael also Fuck runs... the kids. <laughs> oh, that's why. <laughs> one thing I, I didn't like, though, is he runs into this kid when he's stalking outside. Michael runs into one of the kids outside of school, and they try and say that he's pure evil, but he doesn't murder children, which I'm not saying I want him to like go into a middle school and just start oh, painting walls. <laughs> but like, they just seem like show mercy. I guess they don't smoke the ganj and don't have the sex, so their purity protects them. And again, like I don't know why this is in the movie. Like he he so the, this little kid gets bullied and breaks his little pumpkin, and he's like me, and he r- tries to run away from the bullies, and Michael Meyer like grabs him. <laughs> And then yeah. just lets just go lets and go. looks at him, and the kid runs away, and then Michael just kind of like walks, walks away to his car. Yeah. And then that's the end of the scene, and I'm like, what? Mm. Why? Like, if you want to show the kid getting bullied, that's fine. But it, what? It's to spook you. Like, if Michael's so obsessed with Linda and chasing her around, he went, oh, I'm going to take a little deep I just want a little stroll. And well, no, because like, then know. wasn't she there? Like, she's, like, the kids go one way. And then she's walking, like, the other way, yeah. and he's, like, oh, looking yeah, at her guess, a little bit, guess, you know? I guess they're the same school. It just uh, which is weird, like I weird... don't understand, but, you know. Why is that in the movie? I don't like useless scenes. Mm. Like, it's just fat on your movie. Ben, not everything is perfectly paced. It doesn't, like, I, like, I don't expect hope. it to be, but I'm going to point it out. Okay. Like, yeah, you can like... make your movie better. If I can make your movie better, that's bad. I shouldn't be able to do that. I'm a, I'm a piece of shit. I just sit here and watch your movie and go, Ooh, like, I don't make movies. So if I notice these things, I don't know how, like, editors and executives and stuff don't go like, oh, that, that didn't need to be there. It's mm. probably just that they have a different opinion than you. Well, they're dumb. Okay. And I hate them. <laughs> I hate them. I, yeah. You write them a strongly I worded will. letter. Oh, that speak. movie so. you made in 1978. <laughs> Why did it fuck you? <laughs> Why would you put this scene in there? So now that we've established our canonical hatred of both children and Hollywood establishments, <laughs> they go, Lori and Linda go and they run to Annie and they all start talking. They're like, man, I am going to get just some pipe laid on Halloween. Super jazzed about it. Lori, you don't because you suck. They they bully her like throughout this movie about that. It's one of those like, are you just friends because it's like an emotional investment now? They're a mate, so you're stuck with them. Uh, and they make fun of Lori because she's a lame Girl Scout who's going to be stuck babysitting instead of the Lady Chad that is Annie who's going to babysit. When she's helping them. Yeah, I mean, Annie's going to babysit and have sex because that's called multitasking. It's an important skill to have. Different people, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, my <good>. God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we do never see Annie's boyfriend. We just hear his voice. So he might just be a very deep seven-year-old. Uh. <laughs> so then they're walking, and they see Michael driving, and they taunt him saying, speed kills. And he just stops the car a little ominously. And they're like, huh. Like when you do someone, like just say a quip, and someone actually asks you to do something about it, and you're like, nope, I didn't think we'd get this far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he drives on, and then he appears behind a hedge. He stares down the girls, and he disappears behind the hedge, and he disappears. And Annie and Linda dismiss Lori being weirded out that someone's staring at them, which I thought was weird. I, I, was it safer in the 70s that if you saw a fully grown man been. stare you All down? All my parents ever talk about is like, yeah, we used to just ride our bikes, and we'd go miles away, and just no one gave a shit. And they were like 10 years old, and it's like... I did that too. How did y'all not die? I rode my bike in alleys and all around neighborhoods and stuff. We lived, in a, nice, like, come we lived in a nice later. neighborhood, though. It would have nice field doesn't seem that nice. That looks like a nice neighborhood. Yeah, it's a nice... Shape. All I'm saying is... It was, it, different, it was different times. Yeah. Like if there was a masked man, back then. a masked big man that I kept seeing and was very <laughs> obviously stalking me, I'd be more concerned than Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> she was just like, "Hey, That's is that weird. that guy again?" Hey. Hmm. Weird. Like I just like I'm not I'm not I'm not vibing with that guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that's kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Lori's home then, she sees Michael through her window, and he disappears. She doesn't break her glance of it, but she looks still looks surprised that he disappears. So, I've heard some people say it's because Michael's supernatural, but I disagree with that heavily, because Halloween, in my opinion, works best when Michael is just a guy murdering people, and that's what's scary. Because I don't know what it's like for undead zombies to kill people, but I can wrap my head around people killing people. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Or that Lori is, like, imagining things because she's just uh, been seeing him all day. Or he just moves and they just didn't show that. So, do you guys have an opinion on that? I would really not want him to be supernatural. But Ben, what if he had druid powers? We we never see him run. We never see him move faster than a walk. But somehow he, like... I don't know. Like... I hate that fucking when they just people just disappear when a car goes in front of them or something. It's so stupid. Like, are they ducking? Mm. Did they hide behind their car? What are they doing? They just ran off screen. It's uh, I don't know. I think it's goofy, and it's goofy especially with a character that is like very not afraid of just being in front of you. Yeah. And like, yeah. why would they? Why would they want to disappear instantly? Mm. I don't know. I, it's goofy. I agree with kind of limiting him, but I do like the fact that he's excessively strong. Like, he can just hold a dude up, you mm-hmm. know, and, and step through him real good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like if I, you don't it, have, it like, makes, It makes him, like, a very scary person, and also the fact that he moves so slow kind of works with how, like, strong he... Like, you can't do anything about it if he gets to you, so... And it's kind of like, uh, what's that short story, uh, Where Have You Been?, Oh, where, where, have you, where have you been? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like the girl is like being pursued by a guy in his 30s, and he's just like physically stronger than her. So. Well, he shows up at her door, and it's, and she's like, you need to leave, and I'm calling the police. It's like, well, they're going to take like eight minutes to get here, and I can get you before they get here. And she's like, well, I'm going to lock the door, and he's like, oh, come through a window. I'm going to break your door down. Like, what do you, I'm going to light your house on fire. What are you going to do? And then she just like resigns and goes with him in the end because he's just like, He's like, yeah, you live in a Why the you live fuck in a match did they make us I, read that like, I know, I don't know. It was creepy. And it was really oh, weird. God, I yeah. didn't like that. No, yeah. well, you weren't supposed to. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but I don't care. Yeah. 
But, yeah, I don't know. Such of that tangent, uh, Loomis goes to investigate the town cemetery to try and find the tomb. He goes and sees that the tombstone of Judith Myers, she's uh, Michael's sister that he murdered, is missing. And the townspe- the groundskeeper is like, oh, those rascally kids doing hilarious shenanigans. And Loomis is like, well, he's here. Goodness. <laughs> also, the tombstone, it was about two by like three feet tall and it's made of stone michael's a thick boy he can pick up heavy things it's weird that the guy was like yeah kids did this it's like they carried a a two-ton stone (laughs) right (laughs) that's like a chore yeah (laughs) though annie then goes to pick up Lori, and she talks about how she should ask out a classmate named ben tramer for homecoming and you know just going by first names alone, we can already assume this Ben Tramer guy, absolute stud muffin. True. <laughs> and then they smoke a joint while listening to Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult, and Michael begins to follow them. And then, Again, boom. The themes. I get it. <laughs> or is it giving they, a warning about... They should be afraid. <laughs> is it a warning about the dangers of sex, drugs, and rock and roll for teenagers? <laughs> that most, brings the shape to you. This is the most established movie we've ever seen. They do do sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I can't even argue with you. <laughs> Annie then... Or, so then when they're driving, they meet with Sheriff Brackett, who's Annie's father... And he's investigating a hardware store robbery where all that's missing is a Halloween mask, a knife, and a rope. And once again, he's just like, these kids, Halloween, who doesn't steal knives and rope? <laughs> uh, and Lewis like, is concerned. They, they pull up to her sheriff dad after smoking a fat joint and <laughs> blowing it everywhere so in loud. the car. Yeah. Like, their windows were up. Yeah. And before they got there, yeah. she rolls one window down right in his and face. Got, like, I wanted it to be like a fog and machine. He, and and he's, he's like, what? He just it? like sticks his head in there. Yeah. And he doesn't give a fuck. That's because Sheriff Brackett is a cool What a good dad. time. Yeah. He's, he's got don't seven die in your car. <laughs> you no, dad, we're just hip. <laughs> she <laughs> wouldn't understand, you pig. No, Sheriff Brackett is cool. He doesn't care about it. He's got those 70 sideburns. He smokes a pipe. He is just... You oh someone describe what you know what was in that pipe in the 1970s. Was. <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> Sheriff That's Brackett. Why. He couldn't even smell it anymore. Just <laughs> a cool guy. And then as night falls, we split into our different houses. Loomis and the sheriff are investigating the Myers house. And they notice that Michael killed and ate a dog, and he's like, "It's still warm." And Loomis says he must have been hungry. And Sheriff Brackett is like mildly concerned. I, if I saw, like, this escape patient is murdering and killing animals, it'd be like... Well, murdering and killing animals, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, we need to get them. <laughs> Eating raw animal flesh from, like, the house dog, I'd be like, we need to fucking ASAP put this man down. But also, like, yes. Then, then, I, I really hope it was killed first. Right. Before the eating happened. That's fucking, I really hope. Didn't the sheriff, oh. like, try to explain it as, like, uh, skunk... Ate the dog. Yeah, what the fuck like, does that happen? Like, and that then Loomis thing? is like, no, you retard. <laughs> <laughs> but then it goes upstairs, and uh, Loomis does some some monologuing where he explains that he was Michael's psychiatrist since he murdered his sister. After six years, he gave up trying to fix him because there's just nothing behind the eyes, and he is just a primal force of capital E evil. He describes him, we've been saying a little bit, of the shape. He's just the shape of evil. He's not a man. 
So what would you guys think about the explanation that he's just pure evil? It's until they get, you know, the occult involved, that's pretty much his main motive. I kind of like that kind of forming of it because he it kind of fits with how he just is going to steadily follow you like Lori, uh, just like kind of track you down. And he's going to he's going to be there regardless of how far away you get, regardless of what you do. And he, he'll like I I. I think that's probably why him kind of having that, like, disappearing effect doesn't really bother me too much. Because he is just, like, he's not he's not a man, technically, I guess, but he's evil. That just is going to be visited upon people regardless. He's so, just there. I really like that idea conceptually. I don't like that they spell it out to you in, like, a monologue. Like, I sort of wish it was more, like, up to your interpretation instead of, like, rubbing in one person's interpretation of it mm -hmm. in your face sort of that's just i do think it's thought. like one of the coolest nicknames for like a horror villain <laughs> the shape of evil like that's really cool uh but i'm gonna go off on a tangent just a little bit like uh whenever stephen king's my favorite author and when i read stephen king i like that he puts a lot of supernatural stuff there's monsters like it but in the book of it and in all of his other books the scariest parts to me are always like the people he puts like some horrific people in his books and they're always kind of the real the real horror and in it he has the worst person he's written called patrick hochstetter who like he has a chapter where he just doesn't feel anything he's like a straight up sociopath psychopath he like smothers his little baby brother in the crib just to like feel something and he gets like a rush from it and he's like oh i like that and he like traps animals in fridges just to like watch them die and stuff like it's pretty horrific God. and he just like that's the only way he feels like he, he just feels nothing his whole life and that chapter written from his perspective scariest part of the whole it book and it is scary but like that it was horrifying and i like to like i i imagined him as like patrick hockstetter like this just like unfeeling like just you know the shape like he's just pure evil and has no soul, pretty much. And it's like that was a cool comparison for me to make. I don't think that's what John Carpenter was going for. I don't even. I don't think it was written yet. But it, like, I like. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like that's uh, related to that kind of horror. So, the other thing I was weird about the scene for me though is that like a pipe or a gutter falls and cracks a window, and Loomis just takes out a revolver. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> And it's just this crazy man who is ordering the local police department because he claims to be a doctor. With that permit that he kind of flashed and then put back in his yeah. pocket. And the, this oh, the God, he didn't realize that it was a receipt. <laughs> this is the worst fucking police officer ever. He's like, yeah, you smoking guns, you just move along. Yeah, they stole a knife It's my kid, rope. it's fine. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, what and then like, this guy just has a... Like, this... If I was the sheriff and this crazy guy was like, oh my god, I need to kill this evil force who's eating dogs, and you're going to be like, all right, we might need you're going to need to come to the station talk, with me. Yeah, we're going to get your statement. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. The sheriff's just like, what was that? No, that was my six-shooter. I have a permit. I don't need to see it. You're fine. It's no, it like, was what? his permit for being a doctor. It was <laughs> the one that showed that he was And he's like nervous and sweating and like, I have to stop him. It's like... And the sheriff's like, oh, dude, yeah, good luck, man. Yeah, I hope hope it works out for you. And then just, like, moves on. <laughs> I gotta stop kids from drinking what the, the real fuck? crisis of tonight. <laughs> he sucks. What are you talking about? He's just no. a man. Those sideburns, you're gonna say no to him? But while that's all happening, uh, Loomis also tells Bracken to be on alert, but don't tell the public about what's going on, because it'll be mass hysteria, which kind of 
seems like a plot hole until if you see the sequel, when people start realizing there's a killer on the loose, there's a guy in a mask that looks like Michael Myers, and he is slammed with a cop car into oh an ambulance, God. and it explodes. Oh, wow. And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe Loomis, good call simmering people down. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's a way to just tell people to hunker down without panicking them, but I... That made less sense until I watched the sequel. Mm. But while that's happening, Lori is settling down to babysit Tommy, and she mocks a child for reading comic books. <laughs> a lot of people make fun of children in this. It's an interesting movie. <laughs> it was the 70s. It was the 70s. It was yeah, a simpler time. They fucking hated kids. That was the motto of the 70s. <laughs> Fuck them kids. Yeah. <laughs> and Annie is babysitting a girl named Lindsay across the street. She's letting her watch horror movies. And retroactively, something very cool happens. She's watching the 1950s film, The Thing from Outer Space, which John Carpenter in the 80s would do the remake of The Thing. No, I I really like that. Like, I don't think it was intentional of him like, oh, that's my next project. Mm -hmm. I just think, I imagine, like, before I'd seen this, I wouldn't have thought this, but that he really likes that movie. So he put that in. So I imagine his, like, reimagining of it was like a passion project, which is really cool, like... Sometimes people just remake movies and they do their thing with it, but like to see that his he was interested in it before his production. That's I like that. I thought that was cool. So after we get that retroactive Easter egg, Tommy sees Michael Myers stalking Annie across the street, and he tells Lori, but she says, "There's no such thing as the boogeyman. Simmer down. We're gonna carve a pumpkin." And then Annie, she's making popcorn. She spills butter on herself, and then she just strips to her just. Just her panties. It's weird. That butter got all over her. Oh. <laughs> and she's also very cool with this girl. Like, she's like, I let you see adult movies, so I just have a blank check to do whatever. And they're like, bet. So she goes, she puts on, I think, the father's business shirt, which <laughs> I guess... She's very comfortable in these people's houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she... I mean, she looks attractive, so that's she probably... A, she is a pretty lady. She goes into an outdoor laundry room and Michael starts stalking her. He kills the family dog by hugging it to death. So, pure evil confirmed. Good training on that dog, too. It's like legs slowly go limp. I was like, ooh, let's get acting. It made me so sad. <laughs> it was really <laughs> I mean, people are going to die, but that dog was a good boy. He was protecting mm. his pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once he's, she goes to the laundry room, Michael locks it from the outside. And she gets stuck in it. And the scene's really good at building tension because Michael could just walk up and go, like, ha-ha, stab. But he, like, follows her. And the thought of a lot was uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock has an analogy of a bomb in a room to explain tension and shock. Like, if you're just watching a room full of people and a bomb goes off, you have, like, five seconds of shock. But if the director shows you the bomb ticking... You can have like ten minutes of tension, mm-hmm. so I thought that's that was a good trade off that they went for. Like when I, you know, and the characters don't. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it was a little heavy handed in this movie. Like it was intimidating for a little bit, but they kept. It was like he was just following people around for like the first. That's kind of five minutes. Point, I, think. I I don't know. Like after a while, it just lost its effect. Where I was just like, "Is he gonna fucking do something now?" And then it's like, "No, he just locked her in the laundry room." Okay. Ooh! Like, when he actually starts killing people, then I was like, it renewed. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's bad. 
Like, yeah. otherwise, he's just kind of this, like, prankster stalker. And it's just not... It loses... I lost some of the the horror in the tension. I would agree to some to some extent. Well, like, because uh, Ether, Ben, and I... Because we watched this twice for this review, I guess, technically. Um, we watched it, like, on an outdoor projector with my family, Ether, Ben, and I. And uh, originally, we were going to invite my, like... My sister and my brother-in-law and my niece, because we were like, oh, they watch horror movies together. So, like, we'll do that. But, like, as we were watching it, we were like, oh, God, this would be, like, way too boring for my niece. Because, like, nothing happens for so long. I know. Well, one of you our know? friends also was... the boobies. And that was... Although, I mean, people should, people should be able to see the boobies. It's, it's short fine. enough that it wouldn't matter. Well, also, like, kind of like the bomb thing. Like, if we saw Michael kill, so, like, kill, brutally kill somebody... Then follow the girls around, we'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, if he could do that to that guy, like, oh, man, like, these girls are in way so much danger. But but instead, like, we don't see him, but, like, do anything but slap a window. So it's just kind of like... As an adult, really I mean, to be fair, yeah. he did kill someone as a kid. No, but it's like, if you've seen Seven, yeah. when they're investigating Kevin Spacey's apartment, it's really tense... Because you've seen what he does to people. Yeah. Like, this man is a psychopath. Right. So you're just like... If he's following them around or like has, I don't know, it would add more to it, I think, if we knew more as the audience about how horrifying Michael actually was instead of just this thing that keeps, that we keep getting told is really evil. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, so. I don't think you're wrong. So then Lindsay gets a call from Annie's boyfriend, Paul, and he's like, hey, I'm home alone. Send her over. And Lindsay, because of their handshake deal about being able to see horror movies, is like, Bet. So she goes and helps Lindsay out in what you guys called the butt shot part two. Because she is leaning out of a window and she's stuck and it's just like a very slapsticky scene. Like, what are you doing, step bro? Yeah, it was one of those scenarios. No, I know, I'm stuck in the window in my panties. Help. What the fuck? And then afterwards she said, don't tell anyone about this. Yeah. Right, you could have just inserted some fucking... Like, oh my god. John, this is the wrong type of music. I did the music, though. (laughs) Then she goes into her car, and I thought it was really cool, like, the setup. She goes, and the door's locked, and she's like, whatever, I gotta go get my keys. She goes back, and the door's unlocked this time. She gets in. And there's, like, fog in the window, and she's, like, touching it. And then Michael, surprise, starts strangling her. And the music cuts, and you can just hear, like, Michael's heavy breathing and her struggling. And that was a really good scene for me. Yeah, I like yeah, that. it was. Because uh, it was prolonged. She was, like, struggling for a while. I also appreciate that the movie didn't do what the movie's been doing this whole time. <laughs> where, like... They'd show Michael, like, in the back seat before she gets in, and then she gets in, and Michael, like, peeks out the corner, and then she's like, oh, it won't start, tries to get out, and Michael, like, almost grabs her, and then she comes back in, and then he gets her. No, it's just straight up, like, she gets in, he just pops up, <coughs> strangle, with, with heavy breathing and struggling, and I'm like, thank you, movie. I think they need some of both. Yeah. I mean, you're, for you, they went a little hard on the, on, on the slow part. I just, like, like, tension can overstay its welcome. There's a fine line, and usually movies do it too much. And it's just like, oh my god, please. One thing I will say I really liked about that was, like, she, as she gets killed, she's, like, hitting the car horn, and, like, the garage door shuts, so, like, they gradually go from, like, 
you're in the garage and you hear it really loudly, then outside of the garage it's a little quieter, mm. and then you're closer to um, the house that Lori is at. Tommy's house. And then you're like inside the house and you can't hear it because the TV's on, and so like that transition, because you'd be like, oh, you'd hear that, right? And mm. it's like, no, nah. like they do a good job of sort of like yeah. showing you like, yeah, no one would fucking know what was going on. Yeah, I think that's, that's one of the best things in the movie. Yeah. And the next scene is, uh, the best way I could explain it is Loomis bullies children. <laughs> well, and they're the bullies from earlier. Yeah, they're, they're the like, like, I dare you to go touch the Haunted Myers house. He's like, No, I don't want it. He's like, Well, you're a chicken. They're the future members of the band Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> and then Loomis does like a weird voice. He's like, Hey, Timmy, get your ass out of here. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah, and it's just like, no, and he looks it's really for the audience. He looks really proud of himself <laughs> yeah. after it too. Like when they run off, he's like, "Yeah, I did good." <laughs> it's the happiest he looks all movie. It was, it was all for the audience because people would be like, "Oh, it makes sense. He's scaring them away from the dangerous place." But also, the audience knows that those kids are bullies. That's why they have those scenes in there. That's because Doc yeah, the audience insane. knows and they're like, "Yeah." Well, that's what I'm saying. Me. Like, if you but, show the scene with the bully kids, fine. But like Michael showing up. And just kind of being there with Tommy, that's the part that didn't make sense to me. Like, the bullies, yeah, they come back. So show them, I guess. But the other I, stuff. I, I don't know how to help you. I'm trying to defend them. I'm not. They know what they did. I wasn't <laughs> talking about that part. After that, Linda and her boyfriend, or her boyfriend Bob, arrive in a just sick 70s van. Like, straight up mystery machine without the paint. And they're cracking beers like, yeah, we're going to totally do the sex. As kids talk. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then they go into Lindsay's house and they see it abandoned. The lights are off. So they're like, oh, cool. Now, now the coast is clear. So they go upstairs to have sex in, I think, the parents' bed. And weird note for me, there's a lit jack-o'-lantern on the bedside table for, I guess, seasonal mood lighting. Like, did the parents leave that there? Because that's a safety hazard. Yeah, a fire hazard. Did they, like... Stop fooling around and be like, no, no, art. It's <laughs> Halloween, baby. It got them in the mood. I'm baby. a jack in your lantern. You gotta get spooky in there. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing sets the mood like a fucking carved pumpkin. <laughs> you don't like that, Ben? It's not weird. No, I didn't. I was like, why is that there? And it distracted from the scene. Well, maybe it wasn't for you. Because otherwise, it just had to be an inner cut. <laughs> Like, sharp cut of uh, John Carver going, it's Halloween night! Get back to the film. (laughs) Once once they're done, Bob goes down to get a beer, which he's stealing from this family's home. And he hears breathing, and he thinks, I'm not going to get spooked. I'm going to see who's doing that. And he looks at one door, it's not there. Which I feel like you could hear where breathing was coming from. But then he goes to another door, and then Michael pops out, Grabs him with one arm and lifts him against the wall, like off of his feet, and then pins him with a kitchen knife. And he does a little head tilt to admire his work. And that was that was cute. It was a cool. <laughs> That's a way to describe that. Yeah. Yes, I thought it was a it's pretty like measured thing <laughs> for someone stealing beer. I liked. Uh, I liked it. When it, when it dwells on it. And I, like, I like that. <laughs> when, it, when it dwells on him, just like standing there looking at the kid he just killed. like, And you don't see him like look like he pities it or anything. He's just like, hmm, 
Wow. He's looking like he's trying yeah. to feel something. Like, Neat. Look at this kid gonna... die. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It's interesting watching this person die. And it's just like, <laughs> wow. I mean, that was scary. I like we're to the next adventure for Michael. Yeah. No talking. No nothing. No sounds. It was just like, neat. Thank you. I think that was actually a pretty good jump scare as someone who gets spooked by yeah. this pretty mm-hmm. easily. Especially with him missing the first door, of course. I I really like his... Uh, I mean, I guess these are the only kills he has, really. Like, he does one. He only kills, like... Four people in the movie. Yeah. Those two, the first two kills, I think, were the best ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after that, Michael goes upstairs to go see Linda, and he is disguised. I don't know and what the fuck he's doing. a ghost. <laughs> he has a, sh- like a white sheet with eye holes cut like a ghost, and he has Bob's glasses on. Because, you know, it's the little things. He's, he's, he's a meme lord. He's, he's a completely some... different build than Bob one. <laughs> that was so not fucking scary. <laughs> no. Like, what? They I just, don't know why. Yeah, like, if he just, if she was in there and she's, like, heard walking up the stairs and was, like, at the vanity and she's like, oh, just come in. And he just bursts the door open, walks straight at her, kills her, kills her ass. That would be awesome. Yeah. Or something. Not, what the fuck is this? Well, he no, just stands like, in the doorway with a sheet over him, and she's like, <laughs> And the glasses. And he just doesn't say anything. He doesn't even move. He just stands there and looks at yeah, him. Yeah, he's like, chilling, yeah. What? It's basically, it was like, ha do you want to have sex? No? Fine. I'm going to call my girlfriends. And then she goes and calls Lori, and then Michael surprises her, grabs the phone cord, and starts strangling her. And at first, I kind of like this, that Lori thought it was a joke. It was just, like, she heard oh, gasping. Yeah. But then, like, it wasn't... She did realize something was wrong. It was like, ha-ha, very funny. What, are, are, are you okay? Are, is everything fine? And then the line goes dead. It's like, that's a realistic reaction to that. Neat. Well, and then she tried calling again, and it just, like, immediately hung up, and she was like, oh, shit, something's up. Like, I gotta, Michael does grab I the phone, stuff but out. he doesn't know how to call people. <laughs> <laughs> Although he does know how to drive, and they do, I forgot to mention this, they mention that, that, like, uh, like, that explains it. Yeah, like, I, like, how does he know how to drive? Well, he was doing it, and that's... Maybe someone taught him. Okay. Uh, Don't worry about this. Yeah, He was six. (laughs) I think the term for that is lampshading, when, like, there's a continuity goof or something weird in the story, and they acknowledge that it's weird. And that just like covers it. <laughs> like it comes from. Uh, if I'm shit. wrong, feel free to give us angry emails. We, you know, it's interaction. But it comes from like a black and white movie where a guy's hiding. And he puts on a lampshade, and they acknowledge that that's a bad disguise. But then it works. <laughs> uh, so then, after uh, after Linda is killed, Loomis discovers a sanitarium car and drive. Was Michael's driving, and he begins to investigate, and Lori goes across the street to look for her friends, and beginning her final girl circuit. Can we talk <laughs> about how Loomis was, like, two houses down from the sanitarium car, and he's been chilling he, outside the Myers house all night, and he didn't look, like, a little bit to the left yeah. and see that fucking car sitting and there? And it's not like that car blended with anything else. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. That and after he saw it, where the fuck did he go? He left like, for, like, Michael a was right time. over there. Yeah. I don't understand how seeing that car would make you go, oh my god, and leave the house. <laughs> yeah, he's like, holy shit. I should run around yeah, a little oh bit Oh no, first. Michael's not driving around. Where could he be? I need to run around. And it's like, what? why not just He might be near, near the car. Yeah. And In the so house, is, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe the one with the screaming. I don't know. That was goofy. 
No, they didn't scream. Like, Bob died pretty quickly, and then uh, no, Linda no, no, was choked. Uh, weren't the kids screaming? That's not... That's that comes later, later. That's yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, Lori goes upstairs, and she sees Annie's body on the bed with Judith Myers' tombstone propped up behind her. Because everyone needs a creative outlet, I guess. Same thing with the spooky ghost. I thought it was really weird that it was the, like, brunette on the bed and not the blonde girl that he no, just strangled the with blonde. the, it was the blonde. phones. No, it was yeah. No, it wasn't. What? No, it was not. Because the blonde girl has a, has a silly death face. She's behind mm. the sliding, like, Oh, thing. okay. So it's weird yeah. that he put her there. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. It's I mean, he moved thing, everyone. So. Yeah. Maybe that's just his artistic, you know. <laughs> style okay (laughs) it was weird sorry they find the other two bodies in cabinets and so Lori goes outside the room and she's freaking out which fair reaction for finding three bodies of your friends and then materializing from the shadows michael stabs at Lori, but misses and grazes her arm she backs up and falls over the banister on the store on the stairs below, so she has a messed up leg for the rest of the day. It's not like she dodged him, he just misses a knife thrust. Don't know how. That mask (laughs) is messing up your death perception. I guess. It it, it did do a really cool, you you pointed it out, but uh, when she's freaking out about her friend, she backs up into a corner like, oh my god, and there's like an open closet and like it's completely dark in that room and then you eventually see like the the white Halloween mask in in the dark. And she's like, oh, oh, freaking out, doesn't see it. And, it. and you just see the mask right next to her for a little bit. And then he stabs at her. And that mm-hmm. was a cool... It was like the half the screen was, mm-hmm. was Jamie Lee Curtis. And the other half was that mask. So that was cool. So she like runs outstairs. Uh, well, before... So she's downstairs. And she's trying to get out of the house. And I just want to take a moment to compare the Michael Myers and Lori's ability to go through doors... Because she, like, runs into the kitchen and locks a wooden door. And then she's stopped by a glass one because there's a rake in it. And it takes her a while. And eventually she, like, breaks one of the glasses and takes the rake out. Michael punches through a wooden door <laughs> and then just reaches around, unlocks it. And I was like, oh, man. He... That's impressive. Yep. Uh, but when she runs out, I thought it was cool that she, like, goes to the next door neighbors and is like, help! Help! I'm being attempted murdered, and everyone's like these dumb, goddamn kids on goddamn <laughs> Halloween out having sex with pot and liquor, <laughs> and they just like turn off their porch light. And I was like, uh, there was some disagreement when we were watching if that was a realistic reaction or not. I don't know if if I heard people screaming like how she was screaming, I I would open the door. Mm. I, I would at be, least, like, uh, look at them and, and kind of see what's going on. I wouldn't just yeah. be like, nope. I wouldn't be like, oh, you're, you're, somebody's trying to murder you? Like, not... No, 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 I would, I would, I would be spooked, too, so I'd be like... And the neighbor, like, looks out the oh, window and looks at her. Come on in. Yeah, yeah. They want you. No, come into my house. Like, I... <laughs> But but I, I mean, I how horrible of a human person would you be if they're if you're like they want you? Yo, okay, fuck off. Yo, if I got a family, <laughs> if I got off. little kids in the house. You're not coming in. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you're on your own. I gotta fucking look for look out for my family. Thank sorry. That, that's <laughs> kind of a dick move, man. Well, uh, yep. I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so after being pushed aside by the neighbors, she goes back to Tommy's house. She she's like knocks on the door, and Tommy finally 
gets in and is like, what are you up to, Lori, and your shenanigans? And whatever ways a seven-year-old can say that. She's like, you need to run. He's like, what? Do as I say! <laughs> Very much was like, yeah, I can understand that level of energy and being a kid having to see parents freak out. It's like, huh, look at that. But they also just went into a closet in the same house. Yeah, they did. Why? She's like, hey, hide upstairs. Like, yeah. No, no, no. When she first comes yeah. in, he that's when she says, do as I say. And he's, yeah. yeah. Mm. Like she, but after that, they, yeah, after they go straight and like, why? They hide, and then she turns off the lights and starts hunkering down, and then she notices that a window's open, and then Michael appears again and misses another stab. Yeah, and she is in the least defensible room in the house. Windows everywhere, first story, like, go up into a room, bitch, get into a hallway, like, what? She keeps, like, chilling a little yeah. too, hard, too hard too early. Yeah. Like, Sally, at this point of Texas Chainsaw, was jumping through plate oh, yeah. glass windows. <laughs> Sally yeah. was getting the fuck like, out of that. Yeah. That was, like, very believable. Jamie Lee Curtis in this, like, she was acting fine, but her, like, decisions were retarded. <laughs> like, they were really dumb, and it was bothering me. But after Michael misses, Lori is able to stab him in the neck with pretty thick-gauge sewing needle, and he falls down, and... She's relieved. She thinks the nightmare is over because she doesn't realize there's 15 minutes left in the movie. And she's so relieved. In fact, she puts her back to him and uh, hunkers down behind yeah, the couch where she there. can't see yeah. him. And it's just oh, and woo. drops. Actually, no, it was she, stuck in her neck. She goes upstairs and she tells the children to get out of hiding. You need to go tell the police because they might kick out a teenager, but children are precious. Are are they though? Mixed signals from this movie. Mm. So then Michael gets up again. She goes and hides in a closet, and he starts breaking through the door because we've already seen him break hard with things. And then it took a good minute to break through that closet door. I don't know why he just didn't. Like, well, no, I grab liked, it and pull it off. The I like she like ties it shut with like a tie or something. Yeah. You know, like a mm-hmm. bow tie mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then he like at first he's jiggling the door, and then he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta break through this," and he starts just breaking through like the like panes of the doorway yeah yeah i like how things take him a little bit of time like there can be barriers put in front of him but again it's just like he's unstoppable it's not like jason can just walk through doors but like compare it to (laughs) compare it to like the shining which is a little unfair because it's kubrick but like when when jack is breaking through the bathroom door and it's like he's with the axe and it takes a while you know it's taking some time but it's horrifying and you just keep hearing the thudding of the axe and the breaking, the splintering, and the screaming. That is Compare a very that to, well done scene. Yeah, right. Compare that to this holly, like Halloween scene. If it was a thick door she was hiding behind, and you could just hear Michael like pounding on it and the splinters and stuff, scary. But it was literally this super thin, like blinds, like tiny thing. It could have been better. And it like yeah, like him punching through that is not very intimidating to me. I could I could do that. I could punch through that screen. Mm-hmm. Like, but if he just, like, grabbed it and just ripped the whole fucking thing out, like, that's what I wanted him to do. But, you know, like, she ties it to, like, oh, I'm safe now, and he just fucking rips the whole thing off. I don't know. How did she think he wasn't getting in there? What, what, was, ha- what was happening after that? Um, straight. But she's able to take a wire hanger and unbend it, and she stabs him right in the eye with it. And then he drops the knife, and she stabs him, and he falls down. And she doesn't learn anything, and she hasn't seen Zombieland, so she doesn't know the art of the double tap yet. So she thinks he's dead, 
She goes, turns his, her back to him Drops again. the knife next to him. Yep. Yes, yeah. Right next to him. She's not going to prison for murder. They're going to tell, she's going to tell the cops it was a suicide. She's going to walk. <laughs> but not even like, doesn't even like do that. Like not like putting it down on purpose to be like, that was his, not mine. She just is like, whoo-wee, that was scary. And drops it like just to, to walk away. And it's just like, why the fuck? Uh, he does get up and one of not because of like great filmmaking, but one of my personal favorite scenes in the movie where he does the super sit up, where he just like <laughs> throws himself up with no arms or nothing. Yeah. So then Loomis sees the children going outside, and he runs up and to see Michael is starting to strangle Lori, and she pulls his mask off and reveals the face of the shape, and it's neat. His eyes all messed up because it got stabbed, mm-hmm. but it's just it's just a dude. But I guess that is the what's scary about it is that. He's just a man, sort of. But he's able to break away and returns the mask. Dr. Loomis goes up and fires six shots into Michael, and that sends him over the balcony. And he starts to console Lori, confirming that it was, in fact, the boogeyman. But then they look over the balcony, and Michael's vanished. And Lori starts sobbing and breaking down, kind of the same way that Sally did in Texas Chainsaw, but Mm. with no victory. (laughs) Mm. And then the f- not as good. Not nearly as good. Not even yeah, close. Yeah, no. Uh, it's not and there's no blood. Like, they stab Michael in the neck. They stab him in the chest. They shoot him six times. And there's no blood. Which I thought was weird. Mm. Like, blood costs money. I, <laughs> Those little packets can't with find the blood in, in them? Can't find it. It, the it costs too, money, too so it's tight of a budget. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ending shots are just locations of the two houses. And you hear Michael's breathing. And then the iconic piano does one more time for the credits. And that's the movie in a nutshell. Alright, so what did y'all think of it overall? It's fine. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> less critical than Ben. I like it. I like it. I, I like how it built tension. I'll, I'll, uh, I like it more than Friday the 13th. Hmm. So. Well, we'll discuss that next yeah. week. That's <laughs> okay. The first time I need to see that. Good. <laughs> but uh, sort of going into what Ben was talking about, like, did y'all think it was better or worse than Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I thought Texas Chainsaw was better. Well, yeah, yeah, same. These are. It was like way better. The only thing that connects <laughs> these movies is that they're they're both like scary. Yeah, slashers. They're yeah. very differently done, like trying to make you feel different things yeah. in different ways. And so, that's one thing that's that's why Texas Chainsaw surprised me so much because this felt way more. Like a like a big toe into the genre than Texas Chainsaw. Like if Texas Chainsaw was built on this, and it was like, okay, here's what Halloween did well. Let's build on that. Here's what it's kind of goofy. Let's not do that. Let's drop that. It's weird to see it in reverse. Like yeah, one that's well, it, that's sort of the worst movie out of that. Halloween didn't draw a lot from Texas Chainsaw. It like the prototype to Halloween is Black Christmas. Okay, and that's like. An escaped lunatic murdering sorority girls in their sorority house okay. on a holiday. Have you seen it? I need to. Okay. I was going to ask if it's better or not. I don't, I don't know. I was sort of going to go into that. Um, so, like, the reason this movie is so, like, highly regarded in the horror, like, genre is that it took a lot of elements that are, like, n- not necessary, but, like, you expect to see in a slasher horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like, all the prior ones had... Like, a few of the elements, but this was the first one to have, like, the final girl killing off all the characters who are banging and doing drugs. Um, having, like, the theme song for the killer, which was, like, a big thing, I guess, yeah. that they didn't really do in any of the prior ones, or, like, maybe a few of them. 
and then uh, shooting scenes from the, pers- uh, the perspective of the killer. Like, this was the one that combined all of those elements mm. for the first time, and that's why, like, a lot of film critics and, like, film historians are like, that's the one that, like, matters the most. And so it's just sort of interesting that, like, I don't know, we all agree that Texas Chainsaw is the better movie, but not the more influential yeah, one. Yeah, I could, I could you know? see that. Yeah. I think another thing, just comparing the two movies that I've read about, is that it was different is that Texas Chainsaw, they're isolated. Like, it's in the middle of nowhere, Texas. And then what's scary about Halloween is that it's in suburbia. And maybe it's because we don't have that same sense of if it's a nice, safe suburb, bad things don't happen. We do to an extent, but not as much as, like, the 70s. So that was one of the reasons why this movie was so effective, was that it was that... uh, Nothing bad could happen in the suburbs. Yeah, it was a flipping of scripts. Yeah, I, I. This is a lot more personal, and I don't, you know, I'm not blaming the movie or anything. But like, I, I've gone camping a few times. And when you go camping, you're walking through the brush, and it's nighttime. You're like, oh, I'm not a big fan of this. <laughs> so I know to a degree, like the fear of Texas Chainsaw when you're walking in the dark in like a rural, you know, people aren't there. I think that's a lot scarier to me than anything I experienced in suburbia. Like, I've lived here pretty much my whole life, and scary things have happened to me here where I didn't like it, and I kind of ran away or whatever. I don't know. But uh, it doesn't hit me as much as, like, the rural stuff and as the, like, remoteness of Texas Chainsaw. But, I mean, that's just me personally. But it's hard for me to really tap into the being scared in a suburb. Yeah, so then, uh, well, going into, like, the the sequels and the reboots and stuff, have any of y'all seen any of those? Or... I think we all saw at least the 2018. Saw the 2018, which that I I need to see all of them eventually just for a sense of completionism. But like 2018 delivered on a promise in this one that never did of Michael just going like Ben talk about it, mm-hmm. going door to door and murdering people. And it actually like felt like Halloween. Like this Halloween didn't feel like Halloween because there's no yeah. there's like kids trick or treating, but it's broad daylight. Yeah, and that's yeah. the only time they were. And then like when it's actually night. And Michael's out. No one's out There's there. no, like, not even, like, no kids, not no trick-or-treat, like, no no cars, nobody. Yeah, it's just a street. Yeah. It, that's, that wasn't scary to me. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing I was thinking about is, like, it's not, like, big, because, like, the traditional thing whenever you're, like, oh, Halloween and movies, it's, like, huge droves of kids, mm-hmm. like, in big groups and stuff. There were, like, a few groups in this. Like, there, And that's scary and to me, like too, like, four kids. It, like, it's, like, it's not just that he's, like, Michael's killing people and walking around. It's that he's, he's surrounded by people that don't know what he is. Yeah. And, like, that, and you know that everybody's in danger, but they don't know they're in danger. It, it, that would be, like, some good tension, but, you know. Have to wait, what, 40 years to see that? <laughs> Whereabouts. Yeah, 20, 1978 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Does anyone want to take a crack at explaining the timeline and the weird garbledygook that... You mean this better? Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Halloween 1, what we just discussed. Halloween 2, direct sequel. The same night, actually. They go into a hospital... And it's supposed to be an ending there because it ends with after Michael flashes up a bunch of doctors and nurses, Dr. Loomis takes him into an operating room, turns on the oxygen, lights a cigarette lighter, blows them both up. Halloween 3, totally different thing. Season of the Witch, John Carpenter's original intent 
was to have an anthology series that every Halloween would have its own spooky thing. However, because he did two Michael Myers in a row, that's the audience expectations, and that's what we're dealing with. In Season of the Witch, a uh, Irish toy maker wants to revive Druid traditions, so he puts children's masks that, with subliminal messaging and the power of Stonehenge, will make their heads explode and melt into bugs and snakes. And you see children die. It's pretty wild. But, like, why? Oh, because he's evil. <laughs> Druid tradition. That's it? Okay. I don't know. All right. Fuck I mean, people, like, do Christmas services. He wants to murder children. <laughs> <laughs> you know, different strokes for different yeah. strokes. Yeah. So then Halloween 4 through 6 is following Lori's, I think, daughter. And that's when it starts to getting into gobbledygook of he has a druid curse. Uh, and then that is one timeline. Then Halloween H2O, 20 years later, Lori Strode is a teacher and she's got a son and she's working at a private school, and then Michael comes back. I think it's a sequel to Halloween 2. And they do some stuff. It's really good. She thinks she kills Michael Myers because he pins him to a, a wall with a car, and she cuts his head off. And then... What? Stop. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Wait. Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> it's revealed. Oh my God. Michael was just stunned. He crushed the larynx of a paramedic, dressed him up in his outfit and oh, then Hannibal his ass he did <laughs> so Lori actually killed some random schmuck nice. Michael then breaks into a mental institute where Lori is and then stabs her and she says goodbye Michael and kisses him it's weird does she ever deal with the guilt of killing a random person I mean she goes crazy okay okay yeah fair <laughs> then because it's like early 2000s this cool new thing called the internet they're doing like this reality show where people have these headbands on with cameras and they're exploring the Myers house and there's like wacky ghost stuff. If they can stay there all night, they get fabulous cash prizes. And then they're like, they have an actor who's Michael Myers to scare them. But then Michael Myers shows up. He starts <laughs> murdering people. And the host of the show is actor Buster Rhymes, who in the film's climax martial arts Michael Myers and says happy fucking Halloween Mikey and roundhouse kicks him into electrical equipment what the he fuck <laughs> this was actually sounding like a pretty interesting movie it sounds magical yeah like like I could see like YouTube like and that's modern but like oh yeah it's a dare and we're ghost hunters ooh and they're just like no nah, man we're just doing this for the money like please don't kill it Michael's like actually killing him no you got Busta Rhymes doing karate on him yes <laughs> fuck that dude then watch it before you hate it. Two thousand? No, <laughs> no, I don't think I will. <laughs> Two thousand seven. Rob Zombie t- takes his crack at it, and it's much more grimy and gross. People slur, and there's a lot of references to sexual assault, which are very uncomfortable. Oh and uh, they try and explain Michael as having a like an abusive childhood, which ruins it. John Carpenter doesn't care because he says. Whatever, they've already done a whole lot of stuff to this franchise, and I get paid every time they do. We got ten grand. <laughs> <laughs> so that ends, and then Halloween 2, but the second one, also by Rob Zombie, where there's a weird, like, do you get the symbolism, because they explain it in text at the beginning of the movie, of a white horse showing madness, and then um, Michael keeps killing people, and then Dr. Loomis like did a tell-all book about Michael Myers and he's like maybe this makes me a bad person for profiting off of a lot of people dying I don't know and then Lori goes insane and then Michael Myers says his one line in it where he goes no and then gets shot a bunch 
And then, oh my god, <laughs> 2018, another reboot, direct sequel to Halloween 1978. Laurie Strode is a recluse and a prepper waiting for it. When her stepdaughter, granddaughter Allison wants to go to prom, what's going to happen when Michael Myers escapes? Because just like how Resurrection tried to be like this cool thing called the internet, this Halloween's like, what about true crime podcasters? <laughs> So they try to interview Michael. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. They're like, they somehow find his mask, which should be in a police locker somewhere. Uh, and they're like, look at it, Michael! And he doesn't say anything because he's mute. And then he <laughs> and then he breaks think out. He's going to kill a baby, but then he doesn't. He doesn't. He does break the neck of like a 13-year-old boy. Yeah. And then he's in a house. And he's like, ha I caught you. This was my master plan. I, Laurie Strode, master prepper. And he... And they light it on fire. And then, to 2021, Halloween Kills, released October 15th. See it in theaters now, or soon. <laughs> it's revealed, firefighters arrive. They gotta put out the fire. Michael Myers attacks, uses that old man strength, and kills a bunch of people. And they're like, boy, howdy, this town's gotta get together and stop Michael Myers. And a planned final film of at least this timeline, Halloween like ends or kills or something. So presumably a lot of people will survive. So, four <laughs> timelines. Season of the Witch is its own thing. Three movies called Halloween. Two movies called Halloween 2. And another one, as we said, supported in local theaters and Peacock. Halloween Kills, October 15th. See, this is what I don't fucking understand. How did this movie that we talked about, that was fine, make... So like many twenty-seven sequels. What the fuck? And then and then Firefly can't get another season or something. Like yeah, what the yeah. fuck is going? People on? People like Jaws back then. Okay, there's also like there's eighty like, yeah. Jaws movies. <laughs> yeah, at least when my dad was talking about watching this, he was like fifteen, sixteen when it came out, and he said that it was so scary to him he had to go to bed like in his living room with the TV on because he couldn't be alone in the dark. <laughs> Like, when Star Wars gets 52 sequels and 30 TV shows approved and all this stuff, and it's going to go for the next three millennia, I'm like, fine. All right. Yeah, I get it. But Halloween. Different really? things scare people at different times. It's not even, it's, From the 70s, uh, they had different experiences. Like, but so now you don't, safe. I mean, like, what's... I guess the Saw movies are, like, the last time that happened. The Conjuring. There's only like three though, right? No, but it's like an extended universe, like the Nun, the Annabeths. Uh, that's they're all in the same universe, despite the fact the Warrens were revealed as frauds. But whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I, I can't speak for people forty years ago, and I hear people like your dad talk about like how fucking horrifying it is, and I just cannot. I can't see it at all. Like what? I I don't know. I guess if you just haven't seen movies and then you watch this, be be born in a different time. But I, I can't. You'll like it more. Now. I can't. I can't do it. I'm not that much of a hipster yet. I'll get there. I'll unlock my true potential and curl my mustache and travel through time. But until then, I just have to not understand how people think this is scary at all. <laughs> all right. Anyone have any final thoughts? <laughs> On the movie before we sort of wrap things up for this. I liked it. Ben's a hack. Mm. <laughs> Facts. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see where uh, Friday the 13th goes from here. So that's that'll be fun. So like watching them 
in close, uh, you know, proximity, give or take, you know. I'll tell you this a little sneak peek for next week. My run up for the Friday the 13th series is going to be more detailed and much more excited. <laughs> Love that series. <laughs> I'm excited to see Kevin Bacon. That's about it. Is he in the first one? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, shit. Right. I don't remember Ooh. that. Anyone got anything they want to pimp before we head out? I don't know if that verbiage is the yeah. best. <laughs> my, my ride. <laughs> Anyone got a, a Twitter or an Instagram they want? Not that I want to give Nope. <laughs> if anyone actually does listen to this. Yeah. I don't want to get doxxed and get death threats for saying you didn't like a movie as much as me. <laughs> All right, then that's going to do it for today's episode. If you're enjoying listening on YouTube, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you'd like, comment, subscribe, and hit the bell icon. And join us next week when we'll be taking a look at Friday the 13th. Till next time. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It got on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster match.